2: Views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk
3: Radio Network. So we say, we always say
1: the Black Pastor Party, that they can do the thing they want you to. We might not be
4: yeah, I bet
5: Revolution comes with a price tag. You were slave to a flag in a country that clearly doesn't love you when they probably never have. Told you turn the other cheek, and they made it with a bat. Fucked them protesting them sinners. told you go fight in the war. Vietnam, you died good riddance. That man of the house rule, took you from your siblings, turned around a pump crack right up in your city, and they turned all your leaders to martyrs. You was off in the war, now who was guarding your daughters? It was riots in the streets, killed Malcolm and Martin, called a national guard up because we ride with our guard up, and now it's brother your guard like Second Amendment, on the apply of you, everything that they taught you was a lie. To you, see they scared of your skin and they in to shoot. Take the American dream and then you die to pursue. One day it'll all make sense. Instead about power, then it don't make sense. But none of that money matters when you live in madness. The so one that you figure out, that all you got is this. Peace, love in the middle fingers, right on. Peace, love in the middle fingers, right on. Peace, love in the middle finger. right on. Peace, love in the middle fingers.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to Black Talk Radio News. This is Scotty Reed in on this broadcast from behind these enemy lines known as USA, Inc. Today's date is July 10, 2015. To be honest with you, on this Friday, I am feeling terrible. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm, I'm feeling tired, feeling terrible. I'm in pain, but I can't do a radio broadcast, so... I hope your day behind these enemy lines is going a lot better uh, than mine. Uh, today we do have a guest scheduled for you. We have an author coming on, Malcolm Shabazz Hoover. Uh, Mr. Hoover is a author. I'm not sure if this is his first book. The 144 Poems and Essays for God, Love, Truth, Justice, Peace, and Hip Hop. As you know, yesterday we uh, did a program where we were covering hip hop. And the negative effect of the corporate hip-hop is being co-opted. And, you know, we got to push real black culture. And that what is coming through the airwaves is not our culture. White supremacists is, is paying for that. So anyway, looking forward to speaking to Mr. Hoover. Perhaps we can get him to read a poem about his book. Now, the book, it seems to be an autobiography from the age of 12 um, to the age of 45. He mentions Ferguson, and he was documenting his growth as a writer, father, and thinker as a black man behind these enemy lines. So, looking forward to speaking to him, probably here in just about five minutes. Uh, But course we have to talk about the racist rebel flag coming down in South Carolina. That is a a great symbolic victory and and symbolic victories are important in war. All victories are important in warfare. Now you use that energy to get the racists out of office because they identified themselves. They stood on in Congress in both the South Carolina House as well as the United States House of Representatives. And they threw that Confederate flag up. They was waving a Confederate flag. And I think in this day and age with access to information, anybody that's waving a Confederate flag, we can confirm that they are white supremacists. And a whole lot worse. I don't even think the term white supremacist does enough to inform people about just the type of heinous crimes against humanity that these people committed what they stood for we need to use accurate language to describe these people no cold words no cold words like heritage that's in the white supremacist code book they know what it mean they probably got their own definition just like mister fuller encourages people to come up with definitions. He's created his own definitions. And I'm sure these white supremacists got definitions. And in their code book, it's heritage. Don't say white supremacy. Don't say, you know, anything other than that heritage. It was heritage. So, but anyway, we know what we've decoded that. We've had over 150 years to decode that message, especially those who live in the South. So it is indeed Call it what you want, symbolic victory, whatever. That took some legislative maneuvering in the people activity of politics. And it shows you how that particular area works. So you gotta pay attention to highest pay. Look at how fast they got that done. The, despite great opposition from white supremacists. But again, as we should be keeping databases on racist suspects. So that when they do something like wave the confederate flag, we put them in a database as confirmed white supremacists. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, everybody associated with their campaigns and the decisions to use that rebel flag, they have some explaining to do. They really do. And before any so-called one million conscious black voters decides to cast a vote for her, they should at least Ask her about that number one, and she has been asked by other white people, and simply her campaign has issued a no comment press release just two words, no comment, so these are the questions you know these things are important now that you pull down the symbol, let's pull these racists out of office for those people that participate in politics if you don't participate in politics. It's okay. There's no reason to throw hate on the game. Especially a game you don't play. So, anyway. Uh, let's see. Got some news coming up. A Tando radio show will be coming on air at 6 o'clock p.m. Talking about the Greece banking crisis could trigger credit default swaps. Now, the last time I heard of uh, such talk about credit default swaps was involving the mortgages and like I said the other day in Detroit they have what they call a conveyor belt of where they're evicting all these elderly black people and in, in fam in their families from property in Detroit. It's been shutting off their water. It's like you know, they just they ethnic cleansing Detroit where I spent good chunk of my childhood early formative. Of years from about 60 what 67 68 to about what 79 and it's like you know they just pushing black people out of Detroit I still have family um, in Detroit they thus far been able to hold on to their property that they inherited from, from their parents that laid down roots in Detroit but it's rough for black people in Detroit as well as it's rough for black people all over this planet. So like to get your thoughts, any news you would like to report, you can give us a call 530-881-1400. The access code is five four nine pounds as we stream live here for 10 p.m. July 10, 2015. Hit star six and one to come in on air now, we got a lot of uh, uh, people tuning in from overseas. We got that web-based flash phone that y'all can hit us up and share if y'all up. You know, I don't know what time it is in terms of night or day where you're tuned in from at this time. But you're welcome to call in, chime in, and share your opinions. All right. Um, do want to take an opportunity to talk about the fundraiser. The 2015 fundraiser is still still going. As of the end of June, uh, donors donated $2,054.75. That's three point four forty two percent towards the 60000 fundraiser gold as an operating budget. And so now we're thinking about up in that to a hundred thousand dollars per year uh, because we have some property up here and we have a, a trailer that we can convert into a communications uh, school uh, that will also host a couple of broadcast studios. So, basically, a radio production studio that would be open to the public, of course, especially you know those who donate, but with the mission of, of teaching people, giving them hands on experience so that they could go. Back to their community and so seeds of, you know, black independent media. Because that's what, you know, Black Talk Radio Network was founded. Upon that principle that these white people that control MSNBC, you know, all the alphabet boys, I ain't got a name on Even the B so-called black ones, BET, Oprah Winfrey Network, all, all of that, that's that's really, you know, caused through the advertisement. Advertisement dictates content as well so Pepsi Cola, you know all of these different uh, major corporations engaging in 21st century slavery and human trafficking to begin with you know if you start talking about that sort of stuff like we do on this network new abolitionist radio the abolitionist daily should be coming back soon can't give you a, a solid date on that yet but you know raising the issue of the 13th amendment see you no know, you can't talk about that on your local FM radio station, but you can pump that rape music into the ears of the children, promoting all kind of criminal criminal behavior, and you do that all day long. And, and those same corporations will support it through advertisement. So, like H. Rap Brown said, if you don't control something in your community, It's a weapon against you, and we got a lot of weapons pointed at us. Got a lot of weapons pointed at us. We're still waiting on our guests to call in, but I'm going to hit the phone lines. We got area code 646 wanting to chime in. Uh, Go ahead with your question or your comment. Yes,
6: afternoon, Scotty. This is uh, Robin Benton from Anti-Racism Media. I want to speak on the the issue of this rebel flag coming down. And, you know, you and I had a short conversation, exchange earlier, and really encouraging uh, the, prom- the promoters of bringing this Confederate f- flag down. And I want to give kudos to uh, that effort, although I still feel uh, it's symbolic. It's symbolic in that uh, as to what it represents, but the gesture of taking it down off state grounds doesn't remove it uh, from T-shirts and flags on people's yards, which is really uh, a safeguard against traveling blacks because you know where not to go. Yeah, and, and, and they'll
2: be able to do that still. And, and we encourage we support that First Amendment right for you to put the flag. So because there's a house here where I live locally, he has an actual flagpole. It's a little up further in the sticks than I am. But he has a real flagpole on his property in front of his house with a Confederate flag. And then I think I saw about two or three other ones with a couple of black lawn jockeys on the, on the lawn. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, right. they're going to identify themselves. You know what I'm saying? So this will force that's them true. to come out and label themselves because we're going to eliminate it from, you know, the financial aspect of it, of black people showing a lack of self-respect and paying taxes. That's, you know, supporting that.
6: That's true, and also there's an industry uh, behind the Confederate flag, but we, we as a people tend to focus on symbolic, just like when we think of racist organizations, we s- seem to limit it to the KKK because they're more public with their, with their outfits and the sheets and whatnot, but there's plenty of uh, swastika, uh, lightning bolt, white supremacists running around, and, and this is my point on the symbology. Why then hasn't the federal government uh, eliminated all monuments to white supremacy and racism? And and if it were the case, then it would would take some redefining uh, in terms of the legal uh, description of what uh, white supremacy is and what the Confederacy's efforts and monuments are about, and that is crimes against humanity. It links it directly to slavery. Because, yeah, it's uh, making them admit a something. A human rights law violation. So if they did that, they would acknowledge that the U.S. is built on crimes against humanity.
7: Exactly.
2: That's that's like them telling on themselves.
6: Right. It's the same reason why so they we'll give take some power we'll to the legal mm-hmm. treaties and don't adhere to the legal treaties that they signed.
2: Right. And so it's up to people like like yourself, like other human rights uh, groups out there to add these people. I mean, name some of those groups you was talking about earlier. You know what? The White Citizens Council. I mean, you're right. There are a lot of different names out there.
6: There's a hundred attacks on black folks attributed to Stormfront's web page alone.
2: Okay. So we need to put them on the terrorists. White terrorist uh, well, tracking you know, you list. Got
6: we don't even know about all these moose lodges and the Masonic temples. Well, let's label the nice them. Of of
2: let's label yeah. them. Let's use media to label them. We can make maps and, and you know, where we, you just like they made maps to identify the statues in front of courthouses that everybody's taxes is paying for. They got Confederate monuments, these killers, rapists, enslavers, you know what I'm saying, murderers. Vagabonds, uh, you you know, so you put them on a Google map. There is a project that has done that. So then you could also do what you're talking about. Add the lodges, add the police, unions, their headquarters, all of that. Uh, the representative, actually, I put him in my database. Let me pull him up right quick. See, cause if, excuse me, um, these symbols are making these people really come out and be on the record like you was talking about before, right? They're coming out on the record, know, so you know, Scotty
6: knows. Uh, so President this guy
2: right Obama. here, what's his name? Uh Republican Anderson, a uh, re, uh, representative Jonathan D. Hill, got his home address, all of that. He's identified himself in the South Carolina House as a white supremacist, and so we don't have to call him a racist suspect. So we need to, you know, what I'm saying, on for those that participate in the people activity of pe- politics need to pull these races out of office. You know what I'm saying? What about,
6: so. let me ask you, Scotty, uh, Obama just called for the membership list of the KKK, but I haven't heard any follow-up to that suggestion. But really, uh, if you look at it in legal terms, the Ku Klux Klan has a history and has been found guilty of race terrorism. If that's the case, based on that alone, all of their membership lists, should be presented uh, on a public database, a government database, and outlaw the, the folks. Look,
2: they, uh, they, look, they already outlaws. They already outlaws. They already outlaws. They're, terrorists. They're terrorists. They already got laws on that. They don't need to pass no new laws. They just need to start applying it to white terrorists. All of these organizations. I don't need you know come on let's be for real you know all the NSA spying and don't think that PayPal or whoever ain't going to share that membership if they present it with a warrant they get a warrant to prosecute these terrorists and for, for for providing material support so don't fall for the distraction of we need to pass new laws no you just need to uh enforce the ones you got on the books against these white terrorists actually
6: actually the laws have been found wanting that's my whole point okay. the legal framework in the united states is based on white supremacy and so if we that's don't right. go to international law human rights violation crimes against humanity genocide uh the the convention for the elimination of racial discrimination which says if there's disparate outcome oops you've done something wrong fix it rather than the us saying oops prove it, show my intent to fuck you over, excuse my expression, but, you know, the the whole framework is starting to tilt uh, with the recent su- uh, Supreme Court's uh, bringing in the language of disparate outcome, but actually, that exists all along. The U.S. is under a treaty, an obligated legal framework uh, that it doesn't comply with, and and it stands on a basic premise of human rights, which we're born with. Rather than the civil rights which are dispensed by the federal government and have found wanting for people of color in this country.
2: So let me ask you this Does the legislature's admitting, because we have them on record saying, and I'm going to play it later, uh, we're still waiting on our guest, Mr. Malcolm Shabazz Hoover, to call in. We hope that he's safe and sound behind these enemy lines. Uh, but we got uh, Mr. Robin Benton, host of Race Treaty, um, who will be doing the program tonight. That's what, nine o'clock? tonight eastern no doubt yep. so we, we you know uh we're going to see if we can reach out to mr uh hoover and see if we could uh get him but robin on you focus on human rights uh uh issue or the things you just talked about so when you had a federal government who is banning confederate flags isn't that acknowledging you know what I'm saying? A crime against humanity that has been yet to be paid for. And so how can that be used? How could a human rights defender that's going to argue in Switzerland or anywhere else at any of these, you know, conventions against torture and, and, and use that as evidence? I mean, how would you lay that out? Is it, does, does pulling down the flag help? You know, put these people on record that DNA words can be used in the international court against them, uh, in the in a greater context of, you know, what you've been talking about.
6: Well, here again is the if issue of substance and symbology. Uh, the flags representing a symbol of, of acts that were committed for those that wave that flag. But those acts aren't being brought to court. The, 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 we're, we're focusing on the symbol.
2: What about when the reparations fact- court?
6: Well, you know, um, there's a movement going on, and there's another legal framework as well. If we were in international courts, we could sue them, we could sue the United States and the corporations from Africa or from other international court locations uh, 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 based on the linkage of these uh, globalizations we're behind track on globalization just like we're talking about this flag well the flag is quite popular in Europe especially at soccer games of late and but there's no legislation what what flag
2: there. what flag the uh rebel confederate the flag? Rebel
6: flag the confederate flag i posted it well that's uh, good on. that's
2: good that's 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 white supremacists identifying themselves you find out who they are put them in the databases. that's simple i don't i don't i don't talk about why the U.S. government ain't doing this or doing that? I'm talking about what should black people be doing? That's the question. When these people, these legislators, these politicians, these corporatists, these enslavers identify themselves, regardless of their skin color, they go on a terrorist database list. They go on a enslaver database list. Come on now, we live in the age of technology. We don't have to depend on the United States government. And and I do tend to think that all of this movement around acknowledging, you know what I'm saying, the barbarity of what this flag means and, and all of that, it can't help in the reparations. That's it, man. Come on, let's let's uncover just there the crimes that was committed. You know, the human rights violations. The
6: human rights violations, Scotty. Because there ain't no way that the Jewish population in this country is gonna allow the Nazi flag I don't want to hear.
2: Oh yeah, go, there you go. You you talking my language now? They wouldn't. They they have Jewish self-respect, so you know why shouldn't right. black people? Well,
6: here's here's a here's a point though, Scotty. Uh, what's the population in Charlotte? And uh, the point I'm getting to is there's 700 municipalities in this country dominated by black politicians on the city council level. So although we don't need to lean on the federal government, which means we right. can not function with self determination on the local there level you go there you go robin we don't control our own city council
2: there you go robin and then that's why i say don't minimize what people doing locally because those flags being brought down locally the monuments being brought down locally you know what i'm saying federal government you know of course is providing federal funds to like university of north carolina chapel hill got a racist monument to to enslavers, rapers, killers, you know, and and so uh they again you link it to the crimes under the red, white and blue. You link it to it. So anyway, I I feel like it's a positive thing. It's up to organizers to organize this energy. All those people that turned out participating in demonstrations, shout out to y'all, you know, now let's refocus that energy somewhere else to pull it. in the races out of office, I would say. That's local, right? That take local work, right, Robin?
6: That's absolutely right, Scotty. Uh, that's Organization where starts on yeah. the local level.
2: Yeah. So pull the monuments down, pull them races out of office, and and then focus on ending slavery first and foremost, because that's still you know big business in the United States. So. Oh uh, Yeah, it's a symbol, but then you use that symbol to point to the other stuff that's going on, the hypocrisy. So, you know, just keep gathering evidence and do what you can in the war.
6: Well, the war is a concerted effort, too, and we need to take models that have proven to be successful and duplicate them. You, know, you got Jackson, Mississippi as a model for human rights and no one's paying attention no one's paying attention at all. The there's, there's local legislation there is powerful, it's becoming a magnet, in fact, for uh, so-called immigration violators because they have sanctuary there based on the human rights uh, uh, precepts that are, are, are laid out in the uh, city council as a human rights city. They're abiding by human rights or international law. And we have the power to use that precedent in a local setting. Chicago did it. They extracted the language from human rights law concerning uh, the convention for uh, against uh, torture and applied it within a city council to award $5.5 million to victims of torture of white supremacy police. And so, you know, we need to see these models uh, that are working, connect the dots, and then we need to go viral on that what has been working for us and duplicate those efforts. Because a lot of these these local towns, unfortunately, are not geared toward self-determination. They've been beat down so long that their whole mindset is, you know, a, a byproduct of, you know, a, a post-slavery syndrome. So, know, I mean, uh, that's so,
2: what I'm saying. That's more than symbolic. It took organization. It took contemplation. Do I really want, you know, my tax dollars to be supporting symbols of terrorism and white supremacy as which are public intimidation tools? Come on now. We forget when they was erected, you know, and and all of that. So, I mean, that's a part of self black people expressing self-determination. Also, white people. Let's not just put it on black people. White people focused on that. So that was white people uh, arguing with white supremacists over a flag and so yeah what it's a win-win to me you know what i'm saying so anyway uh,
6: when, when the white liberals saying yes yeah, put down that flag you're putting us on blast we have a better solution we use subtlety and cunning in the political process we get their money and we still impose uh, disparate outcomes based on policies that we promulgate based in our positions of power. So, yeah, then symbology has this, all this, you know, feel good, feel bad effect, but in reality, it's the same ones that voted to take it down are going to be the same ones that are voting against your right to vote, uh, against, uh, 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 the education funds being dispensed, uh, and everything else that our oppressive tools use against people of color. So, I'm saying, okay, yeah, it's good. It's a kumbaya moment uh, with the rebel flag, and it did show some effort. Uh, I think a sign was, a symbol was sent from the White House to uh, Haley saying, "Hey, we're gonna put you on bad publicity blast. You're politically incorrect," and because her first response was the good old boy respond, and she succumbed to federal pressure. But that's the shaming process. What the U.S. federal government needs to be doing is preparing their their declaration against those 25 human rights violations before the United Nations that they're supposed to respond to in September on the review that was done for CERB, where they're found wanting. Meanwhile, you know, we're waiting to see if there's going to be a national plan to undo racism. And these folks don't even know, uh, know what the definition of racism is yet. So much less the international law that they're signed onto and have sworn to uphold. And so, you know, There's still these issues on a local level where we need our own empowerment. Just analyze it. 700 cities with majority black population. What are we doing? We follow. Not
2: voting. Not not voting. (laughs) And a lot of people will tell you, you know, but that's why I defer to what is it? The 1 million. I am one of the million. Dot com, I believe it's one million black conscious v- voters and contributors and they talking about becoming a black political lobbying group of, uh, of one million people. So, you know, they could use that money to make moves politically, but I wouldn't advise and I don't think they're talking about voting for any Democrats or voting for uh any Republicans or you know what I'm saying that they don't have control of these people coming out of their communities, then those people are weapons against that community like H. Rap Brown. You know, we ain't gotta we ain't gotta rethink the doggone, you know, wheelbarrow or anything like that. Our ancestors then told us and he ain't even an ancestor. He a political prisoner. And we can you know, let's let's now move from the flag and move to getting out our political prisoners and, you know, they fought against. That sort of terrorism back in the day, you know, we do political prisoner radio every Sunday night trying to inform people about it. So, you know, I don't see the flag as a distraction, but we had a listener. They said that they totally agree with with the caller. The Confederate flags removal from one state's government is nothing but a distraction. They got black talk talking about it and not the racism behind that flag in the USA flag. And I would say that's untrue. Um, Because I live in the South and I've been given personal stories of the racism behind that flag against my family, against the enslaved Africans in this county. So I have talked about about it, the racism and the terrorism. So it, it has not been a distraction. And so then now that we got what millions of people, possibly billions of people looking at it globally, this is being reported around the globe. All right. So now we direct. It's up to us to direct that activity somewhere else. Become a new abolitionist. We fight in real slavery. Y'all know we've been doing that for three years. So it's not a distraction for us. It's an opportunity for us to convert new abolitionist radio. Take that same energy to to remove these symbols and burn and bury them like John Sims said. Now let's focus on the real slavery That people walking around acting like ain't even happening. We've been telling you for three, three years on this network. Angela Davis been telling you for longer than that. Huey Newton, all these brothers and sisters, scholars been telling you for decades about modern slavery going back at least to the sixties and and, in the fifties. So. No, it is not a distraction. It's an opportunity. We have to, when the mainstream media throws something out there, it's a way for us to flip it and direct it somewhere else. It's an art to it. You tie it to, uh, uh, like, Bill Cosby. They want to talk about Bill Cosby. I don't care about black people squabbling over Bill Cosby. I don't care about that. But since the mainstream media is grabbing up stuff related to Bill Cosby, so... We mentioned what he was accused of, and then we talk about what happened to a 16-year-old and that it is a problem, and then it's coming out over your local area, area ways. Again, if you don't control uh, anything in your community, it's a weapon against you. Your local radio stations are a weapon against you. That's why we've been building independent black media and trying to teach people digital radio broadcasting since 2008. So it's 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 not a distraction. It's not a de- it's an opportunity to teach. It's an opportunity to educate. So when people do not using do those. Key- uh, go ahead, Robert.
6: Flag, do you nope. feel that the brothers uh, uh, the people behind that flag are going to go subtle? So now the flag is there. Do you think that sentiment of racism, white supremacy is gone anywhere?
2: No, it's going to intensify, which is what we want. We want them to flip out on the house floor and, and give us all these excuses to uh how they um uh, you know, backing slave uh slavery, practicing slavery, and then we tied those politicians to the GO group, we tied them to the correction corporations of America. Oh what you got to say, Senator Marco Rubio, you you know, you've been sponsored your whole career by, by uh George Zoli and, and, and other uh, enslavers in the geo group which is based in Florida. So that's how you connect it locally. That's how well, you connect pro- it.
6: Yeah. There's an issue about the politics on the one man, one vote issue and that is obviously corporations. Corporations are the ones financing political candidacies. They're the ones who are lobbying. They're the ones who are putting legislation on the on the on the desk of politicians to 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 implement on their behalf. And we don't have those those money equivalents uh and that was part of the the crying uh uh and wailing by the young white folks that occupy because they weren't getting handed the torch of white supremacy uh uh in intergenerationally financially they became at risk of the, and so Uh, Again, you got to factor in these corporations. Well, that's the beauty about the local politics surge and bringing in international law locally, in that you can hold the corporations in your local area also accountable to this international law. Right. And so, you know, that's kind of another issue uh, that we can lend a blind eye to because the corporations are the ones who are financing those political commercials that that embed in people's minds.
2: See, Max was out there on, at ground zero at that flag. He posted his videos, and he was out there recruiting new abolitionists. All these people want to come out for and against. If they was for the flag, he explained to them what they was really – you know worshiping at the altar of white supremacy and and what it meant but really slavery is still going on and and how you know you really just don't you know he was being codified but then the other ones that would want to bring it down i agree let's bring it down now let's abolish real slavery And inform them. So it's an opportunity. And Max did a great job out there, along with others, John Sims and them with the Burn and Berry uh, project and and spreading the word that slavery is still being practiced across this land. United States government owns a corporation called Unicor. Come on now, we should be putting that on the uh, debate floor. If you participate in politics, if you participate in media, you should be asking those questions. Why does the, U, the corporate USA Inc., you know, this what they call in a nation, you call in a country. is a corporation that was founded in what, 1775, 1776, somewhere around there. You know, this is a corporation and it owns a corporation called Unicor with a, with a C, Unicor. And what does Unicor do? Do you know, Robin? Does anybody? Y'all can give me a call if you know what Unicor does. Have you seen the videos of all those black women in there snatched away from their babies and, and, and their children and their in their husbands and, and answering phone calls for corporations being paid slave wages? That's slavery. Unicor.
6: Well, you know, you know the, 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 how this political game works in reference to corporations. You got Dick Cheney, who basically came out of KBR into a vice president, got no big contracts for the war, but also in the process pushed legislation uh, on the immigration issue, and they fired up the white supremacists out west on the on the immigration issue. Meanwhile, Dick Cheney was investing in building, physically building prisons. So that when the when the onslaught came against the immigrants, uh, they had uh, contracts that that said you got to keep this uh, 85% field, these beds, and he was behind that and got brought up on RICO charges, but nobody talks about that. So hey, we
2: talk hard. about yeah. it on this network now. Come on, okay. we've been right. talking about right. it for well, three I'm years. In
6: general, yeah, is, you're so right. Keep yeah. The dot. Connecting the
2: dots. So is, yeah. let's use accurate language, though. Let's not say nobody when Johann and Elijah, Max Partis, Scotty Reed, Robin Benton. You talk. You got a program. You talk about. So don't say nobody. You know what I'm saying? Because we are somebody. And so I appreciate
6: that. When I was speaking of mainstream media, I know what you not mean. To say anybody that's not mainstream media is nobody. My point is the public voice is not connecting the dots on these movements, you know, and the same. And my concern is with this rebel flag is a great uh, apparatus has been put to work to remove it. Will that apparatus, that political apparatus be applied to all of these policies and laws to end slavery, to
2: end slavery? It's that simple. Let's end slavery. Let's start there. Let's start there. That's why all these brothers and sisters are in those, you know, on those plantations, those concrete plantations behind bars, man. You know, now they've been having hunger strikes. They've been having work stoppages. This has been going on for over four or five years that I know of because of this network and, and reporting on it. But you're right. It doesn't get picked up by mainstream media. So, you know, so who is that on though? When you have other people in networks and blogs, and you're not supporting them who are telling you about this, and then you know, you know, you're on Facebook talking about which band does, by the way, <laughs> let's talk about that. But look, I got to take a station identification break. It, um, I'm gonna have to uh, email my assistant, See, if you're listening, if you could try to get in contact with our guest, and um, I think he should be able to dial in. Um, You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. Uh, When we come back, um, we will continue our conversation. Look, open phone lines. Again, the telephone number is 704-951-5030. That's the studio line. That's the line we wanted uh, our guest to call in on. But since he's not utilizing it, you can utilize it as well. Uh, Or you can dial up from the conference line, 530-881-1400. The access code is five four nine 32 pam For those already dialed in, star six and one to comment on air. Or the web-based flash phone. If we got some brothers and sisters in the Caribbean or in anywhere in what they call in South America or in Africa, if you're up, just hit that web-based flash phone because we are part of a global black community. Unite under the RBG. Marcus Garvey gave us those colors to unite under our flag. We need to do that because it promotes unity. Symbols do mean something. People rally around those things and it's up to you what you how you damn uh direct their energy. So be, be proud that people are thought enough or had enough black self respect to pull down these racist terrorist flags and, and statues and kicking the bones of Nathan Bedford Forrest out of Memphis. Did you hear about that? Uh, brother Robin?
4: No,
6: I, I didn't. They but kicked I his know bones out, man. Confederate symbols is, is going a long way with Black Lives Matter. They hating that.
2: <laughs> yeah, they hating it. So I, I love it, man. It's warfare on different levels, visual terrorism,
6: uh, multiple levels on all levels. We need to be functioning on all levels because white supremacy functions on all exactly. levels. Exactly,
2: exactly. You got to have a counter for everything. But we're going to kick some message music. Uh, this is from since since uh, Sir Nogwari, God Life Beats. He was a former uh, guest. Sincere, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry, brother, for messing up your name, but Sinceri no worry, God, life, beast. This is 180 in the turning lane, Dr. Amos Wilson. We'll be back on the other side. Again, you got the phone numbers. If you'd like to chime in, definitely do so. You
7: had black people in the 1870s proclaiming that the era of racism was over, that people would no longer be judged based on their race or background, in the 1870s. But do you know what happened in the 1870s? Blacks were disenfranchised. The votes were taken away. Black people were thrown physically out of state legislatures. Black people were terrorized from the voting polls and were not allowed to vote. Black people who had been buried in graveyards beside white folks, they had their bodies dug up and shipped somewhere else. In other words, you see, because you are integrated doesn't mean you cannot become disintegrated. And 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 it took then one hundred years, up to the nineteen sixties and seventies, for black people to reachieve again the things they had a hundred years before. So there is no guarantee. That because you have some kind of opportunities today, or because you're making some kind of progress today, that that progress people rejected? And why were they disenfranchised? Because a group of white folk thought that it was in their interest that they be disenfranchised. And we are in exactly the same position today. When there is a group of white folk in America today who come to believe seriously that it is in their interest to remove opportunities from black folk and to disenfranchise us, then it will happen. And ladies and gentlemen, it is on the verge of happening today. Then keep this in mind.
5: We have to begin to move to control our community.
8: Everything that's in your community
5: that you don't control is a weapon against you. Public education, as it exists today, is a weapon against black people. TV and news media, especially the WPP, white power press, white people's paper, and white people's power are enemies against black people. What the white press does is that it makes black people an enemy of black people.
8: So the cross, what we're talking about, that the African stands at the cross with stands At the crossroad of human history. And here again, Africa is preparing to again stand at the crossroad to lead the rest of the world that did not exist in history. What I'm saying, not that the Greeks did not uh, exist or a certain aspect of the Asians, what I'm saying that no one knows them in history. During when the Africans were raised in the framework for human civilization. Let's go back. Let's go at 4100 before the common era, as you would say, BC, And see if you see any Christian there standing up, any Muslim, any Jew, if there's a God named Jehovah yet, God named uh, Jesus the Christ, or God named Allah. Any man in here, I will stop. minister, your rabbi, you're whatever, come up and show that I'm lying. To say, boy, if you are gonna shake it off the park.
2: you are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasts and live program scheduling. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Scotty Reed, behind these enemy lines broadcasting. Got Robin. Benton on the line, host of Race Treaty, who will be on air tonight, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That's the correct time, right, Brother Robin? Yes, sir. Yeah. We can't tell y'all on Facebook because they banned us for sharing a link to an article. I think it was a black website, blog, but a naked black woman. And some people, we could accurately say that, you know, she was obese. And uh, let me see. Answering this call will uh, place me on hold. You know what? Let me go ahead and answer this call. I'm going to have to hang up on the conference line and then I will dial back in. I see there's a problem. But we got our guest calling in. I'll, I'll Don't hang up anyone. I'm calling right back in. All right. Mr. Uh, Hoover, do we have you on the line, hey. sir? Yes, hey, this is Malcolm you said this hello is, yes uh, yes this yes if you could hold hold on for us sir um we have some mix-up with our lines and so i need to get back into the conference line and so if you could just absolutely just hang on and uh we'll, we'll get yeah no problem man forgive me calling
9: this so late i was teaching a class but i totally forgot about you i'm sorry okay
2: no doubt no doubt that's okay no apologies needed just hang on okay thank you
3: What he's doing is using an adjective to describe something that's incidental about him, one of his incidental characteristics. So there's nothing else to it. He's just white. But when you get the white man over here in America and he says he's white, he means something else. You can listen to the sound of his voice when he says he's white. He means he's boss. That's right. That's what white means in this language. You know the expression free, white, and 21. He made that up. He's letting you know all of them mean the same. White means free, boss. He's up there. So that when he says he's white, he has a little different sound in his voice. And I know you know what I'm talking about. He, uh, and uh, this was what I saw was missing in the Muslim world. If they said they were white, it was incidental. White, black, brown, red, yellow. It doesn't make any color you are. And so this was the religion that I. I had accepted and had gone there to get a better knowledge of it. And but, but despite the fact that I saw that Islam was a religion of brotherhood, I also had to face reality. And when I get back into this American society, I'm not in a society that practices brotherhood. I'm in a society that might preach it on Sunday, but they don't practice it in, on in day on any day.
2: Welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. We should uh, have everybody back connected. Uh, Brother Robin, can you hear me? Brother Robin, well, I'm pretty sure. Let me go ahead and uh, mute 646 and clear the question line. If you have any questions and you're already dialed in to the conference line, just hit star six and one, star six and one. The other way to uh, ask a question is to dial 704-951-5030. And so we want to uh, welcome on to the program our guest, the uh, author, Mr. Malcolm Shabazz Hoover of Bay Area native welcome to black talk radio news sir i think this uh perhaps is your first time of being on our network uh let me see i'm unable to hear okay try it now
9: yeah yes okay yes it is my first time
2: all right uh thank you for coming on to the program and um uh, let me ask you this off the bat. Uh how long did it take you to write uh your book, one hundred and forty-four poems and essays for God, love, truth, justice, peace, and hip hop?
9: Oh, thank you, brother. Uh it's well I started the I started writing when I was twelve, so I guess the long answer is I'm forty five now, thirty-three years of work. Um, is involved in this book. But I, I started writing it seriously uh, almost two years ago.
2: So it's a collection of your essays and things you've written since uh, you were a young student. And and I'm sure thanks yeah. to your parents' help, they helped you to save some of those, uh, uh, of your work that you have put out.
9: Right. So um, if I understood your question, I I pretty much save everything I write.
2: Um even back then so as I a have, twelve year old. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. And then you know, the
9: funny thing is, um, the first poem in the book is um this poem called I Am a Big Blue Frog and I wrote it in you know my sixth grade classroom and it just uh it took off with my classmates. I don't have any idea why. Uh <laughs> but they all like the poem and so um you know, it's it's real it's just a short poem and uh people liked it. So I have I had something like forty journals full of writing that I pulled the material most of the bulk of the material from for the book um I've kept the journal since eighty two um you know upon the advice of my writing teachers and uh, so i used I used the best of that work to compile this this book i mean i, I have thousands of poems and it's about hundred and sixty book
2: you say how many hundred and sixty?
9: There's about 160. I, I, I didn't do the and final and, count. And, and but and the, essays, the last time right. I
2: counted was 160. Yeah, so it says the title says 144 poems and essays. So total of right. uh, yeah, 160 is what what you're saying. Right. It, I try, my goal was to give 144, um,
9: but there were some that I just couldn't take out. Um, okay. So for instance, the you know all all the stuff that's going on with the the cops killing kids and all this violence against our community. I did a lot of writing around that in the past few months.
3: Uh-huh. And
9: um, a lot of those those additional poems come from that work. And I just, I couldn't leave them out.
2: So, Brother Malcolm, uh, do you publish anywhere else? I mean, you know, you seem to have be pretty active in writing. And, and publishing. So do you have like blogs, a blog where people can follow and, you know, keep up with what you're writing about?
9: I do. I do. So my blog, the one I'm uh, most active on is deepculture.blogspot.com. Um, so you know, I've been blogging there for, I think 10, 11 years. There's, you know, most Damn. of the book is okay. actually on that blog. If you want to take the time to go back and read through it. Um, And then I also started a, there's a, another additional webpage, um, on Facebook, the 144 poems Facebook page has a lot of the work on it. But my blog is, you know, pretty much it's a monthly collection or a monthly, um, survey. It follows me and I, I put all my stuff there. So stuff that will never get in any book is on that blog. (laughs) It's a lot of, uh, emoting. So leading out and.
2: I'm I'm sorry. So if I understand your book, though, it, it's it's what your thoughts, uh, whether they were in the form of poems or essays, but what on current events, things that you you know witnessed uh, during different periods, like you mentioned, you know the uh, cop on black crime, the urban crime and shooting down you know black bodies, men, women and children, you know uh, yes, you was writing about those too. So it's current events.
9: Yes, sir. So I got the, the the book is divided up into themes, God, love, truth, justice, peace, and hip-hop. Um, and sometimes, as in the hip-hop, it's not about hip-hop, but the rhythm of the poetry. Um, sometimes the, the way I approach it is from a hip-hop perspective. Um, I write a lot about love. I think there's more poems about love in there than anything else. Poems about God, uh, my relationship to the divine, to the creator. Um, but, yeah, in justice and peace and truth, those are where a lot of the critical essays and poems are about current events our condition at this time.
2: Um, would you like to share one of those poems with us on justice, perhaps? Um, do you sure. have the ability have to do that?
9: To read or-
2: yeah, just pick one uh, from justice and, and share a poem with us live right here on Black Talk Radio Network.
9: I would love to hold on one
2: second and all right then, all right you go, you go ahead and take care of that and we're going to invite the listeners if y'all have any questions comments uh to give us a call at perfect. 704-951-5030 there's also the conference line that is 530-881-1400 the access code is five four nine 32 pam of course you can hit star six and one to add yourself to the uh, caller's queue. Use the web-based okay. flash phone to uh, get at us. Just hit the button, call the show. So as long as you got headsets, you can chime in. Uh, go go ahead, Mr. Hoover. Cool. I'm going to read this poem about Katrina.
9: Um, <clears throat> I don't know how your, your language... Um, No, no, no
2: restrictions. We're all adults and they're exposing our children to (laughs) words anyway, so long as it's in the proper context. And we're talking about justice. So don't worry about censorship.
9: Okay, brother. All right. Good. Um, This one is called a retrospective on the events of the past few weeks right after Katrina washed the niggas away. Fire burn, fire burn, fire burn, the burning bush, the bush is on fire, the whole house is on fire, and the people in New Orleans need water, but the government let the motherfucker burn anyway. The wizard's curtain is falling down. Finally, all the rest of the clowns are falling out of the trickmobile. Surely, someone will talk. Someone has to leak the story. Someone has to leak the government. Somebody leaked Enron. Somebody leaked Chevron. Somebody leaked, leaked Vietnam and died a lot. The government has a way of making outspoken people gone, quiet, or at best irrelevant and compromised. America only promises one thing. You can die here. America has a lot of shit that will kill your ass, will attempt to hijack and kidnap you. America's greatest crime and best talent, that is, if you buy the lie, the American dream, America will separate you from yourself. You will be far from your origin if you buy the lie. If you do not, then you will not be happy here in America. The American dream is just that. A fantasy to be held to be true because of widespread mass delusion that this is a fair and just society. So far, very few people have lived the American dream, but I know a lot of who share the American nightmare experience. I am poor and suffering in America. My children are ill, my elders are dying, and my people, people who look and live just like I do, are dying on international television. My children are killing one another in the streets. Everywhere I look, there is pain, and no one cares. Are we also not Americans? Do we not deserve the love and compassion of our fellow Americans? These compassionate conservatives have talked the talk now. It is time to walk the walk. Poor people got completely washed out and no one seems to care. This shit is evil. Once again, America shows her ass to the most vulnerable and least listened to, least cared about citizens. Black America suffers today on NPR. We're taking your call. Katrina kicks poor niggas in the ass today on, today on KPSA. Niggas die as America's look on. Get it here first on CNN. That's the news. That's entertainment. What we like to see, this is not reality TV. This is real life. White America like to see a nigga suffer. The CNN commentator says they did not evacuate. It's their own fault. What? They're calling them refugees. I didn't know. Who could not have known? No one knew. All lies. They knew. I knew. They all knew. ABC, G, E, NBC, e, on that. But we fucked up. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, devil ass devil. Of course, the niggas are still acting up. How come you remove everything I have, everything I know, remove everything because I'm in the way of the wave of destruction. I'm worthless. I, we, these people are the sons and daughters of the slaves. They are my co-stars in this, the American nightmare. For us, the street life is incredibly sour. So yes, fire burn, flood run wild. New Orleans is flooded and burning. LA was looted and burned. Detroit looted and burned. Wild burned and looted. New York bombed and burned. Summit all fell down. London burned. Were they really so surprised? If you strip away everything, everything is washed away, and there is no hope. What am I supposed to do? 500 cops in New Orleans left the job who killed themselves. Can you even see what the law? Can you see that even when the lawmakers lose hope, what does the ordinary citizen to think? Homeland Security takes over FEMA. Want to know why? Because in times of crisis, poor motherfuckers do not act like they're supposed to. There will be unrest from the natives. They become an internal threat. What they need is the Department of Nigga Act Right. She's had Nigger in charge of the NAR. Colin Powell. I know looking at all this water, I am not the only one thinking of Noah. I would bet that when it's all rebuilt, New Orleans will either be really fly model city with super fly-ass shit at the expense required to recreate the city for those people will be questioned. Because you know what? Niggas are going back to the N.O. They're going to get as far as fat-ass FEMA checks. There are going to be numerous fraud allegations, incriminations, indictments. She bought a Fendi bag with her FEMA card. How can you convict a person for doing what they think they should do to save their life? How can you put a dollar value on someone's life? How much for the drowned crack baby for the 95 year old grandmother who died on her rooftop for the little girl in a wheelchair who was unable to fight the rising water. Niggas in need N I N I N plus disaster minus the law times negative hope equals mass motherfucking chaos squared divided by faith. A sister on the television called a genocide. And at first I disagreed, but now I changed my mind. It's just so diabolical.
2: That's it. Malcolm Shabazz Hoover. Thank you for that. And that was written during uh, Katrina or right thereafter?
9: It was written on the third day of coverage. Yeah. Third day. So the third
2: day, right. Right, uh,
9: As a federal government. No, go ahead.
2: No, I was gonna say had Kanye West yet, you know, made his uh pop referenced uh, no George Bush doesn't care about <laughs> black people <laughs> oh, no he hasn't
9: he hasn't said that yet. I think he said that like maybe or I hadn't seen it. I remember having written the piece and um think I was thinking about incorporating Kanye, but then I just I left it be so I actually haven't touched that um since I wrote it, and that is that's um true for a lot of these pieces. A lot of these pieces I wrote when I was twenty five or thirty or something, and had i had I written some of these pieces now, they would be very different, but I chose to leave them as is because this book is as much, um, a document of the right now, I wanted it to be a document of the back then as well. Like this is where I was at 25 or 33 or 42, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted it to be accurate to myself in my own growth.
2: Makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, I think I could illustrate that by people were criticizing something that Black people had had done. I think forgiving terrorists, and I agree that we shouldn't forgive terrorists. That we should prosecute terrorists to the fullest extent of the law and the lawbreakers mm-hmm. and and all and, and all of that. But you know, the harshness, the the vitriol that was like directed by victims towards other victims you know the the okay. survivor and the family members of those who who were killed and, and then malcolm x you know just reminded me of his quote don't be so quick to condemn someone because they don't act the way you act behave the way you behave or know what you know because at one time you you know what i'm saying and then so someone who had criticized or uh, whatever it was they then came back later and said well you know what after some self-reflection i was that kid out there snatching that confederate exactly. flag off of the back of a truck you know so i'm not gonna condemn him too much because i might have been him at one time because i don't you know he doesn't know what i know now so you know just the whole condemning right. type thing but i would recommend though have you ever heard of Neil fuller jr the uh counter-racist author Neely, no i have not neely fuller uh jr uh you could just google his name and you'll find you know a lot of related uh work but look up this the 10 basic stops that victims of racism should practice in speech and or action check that out check that out i think you might since you never heard of him i think you might um pick up some constructive um suggestions from from him and um also uh related material so I would just recommend that. Now but you like I you said it. this is a journey. Uh you said what's what's saying Kofa journey? For those who do not know what the African word saying Kofa mean, what does that mean?
9: Right. So I I have to well so I spent I'm forty five. I spent the first forty five years of my life, even though I'm very grounded in the community, I'm a third generation activist um I spent the first forty five years of my life, even though I've been a teacher and working in the community I was in the military da, 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 um really I felt like I didn't give as much of myself to the people as I should right and as a writer as an artist um and so this book is my is the beginning of my give back is the beginning of my Sankofa journey, not just to give back materially. Um, but to give back spiritually because I feel like I've accumulated a lot of knowledge and a lot of things that have been very useful to me. And I want to share that out. Um I want to give it all back. You know, you owe what you know, right? Like we stand on the shoulders of giants and I stand on the shoulders of my ancestors. You know, very recently um we got our DNA tested. And I found out that both sides of my family are Balanta. They're from um, Guinea-Bissau, Senegal, that area. Um And, I really, now that I know my ancestry is, I ask myself and I ask my family, what would our ancestors who came here, you know, 346 years, uh, three, what would they have us do? You know, what, what would they have us do?
2: I hope fight slavery.
9: I, I hope so too, brother. I mean, actually it's 396 years. What would they have us do today? You know, with all these, the resources that we have, with all the knowledge that we have, with the ability to go back to Africa, would they have us stay here in the land of our captors, or would they have us go back to our homeland and contribute? You
2: know, but, so but that, see, brother, that, that question. Well, I, I'm sorry, let Wait. me interject because we're running out of time uh, for for okay, your okay. for your segment. But let me interject there. But see, I have a different ancestry than you do, brother, and I'm glad you found out about your ancestry to what's that Western Africa uh Yes, sir. Senegal and, and all of that. But this isn't the land of our oppressors. Those invaders came here and I have indigenous ancestry. And then we have a network that says African-Americans ain't African. Uh That brought it's an independent radio station. And that's what they talk about. And they are telling the truth uh, that there are black people are indigenous to this continent, came here before Europeans came here. You know, and many of I mean, they exterminated so many uh, indigenous folks. We're talking about black people. We're talking about black people from Africa. So, you know, uh, there Absolutely. has been scholarship work like they came before Columbus. So I'm not trying mm-hmm. to leave anything to to these racist white supremacists. I'm trying to hold on my family, trying to hold on to the little bit. We've been able to hold on generationally. You know what I'm saying? And of course, they always right. lurking. To take more and more away from 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 you. So um, that's, uh, you know, right. I, 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 but I'm, we need to keep those bridges built, like Malcolm said, I want to do trade with people. That's why I ask people that's tuning into this network globally. Call in. We mm-hmm. can even show you how. Obviously, you got Internet access. Do the Nigerians you listening with, you know, have internet access? Well, start your own underground media. Is y'all media control like the media's control here in the United States. I know it is cause MTV is, you know, booming over there. So y'all ain't stopping that. So you got to counter, counter that, that programming. But yeah, man, this, I look at Africa as the homeland of us all, but you know, I have ancestral ties right here to this land. Go farther oh, yeah, than the European, brothers. and,
9: and I, I'm in full support of that. I mean, my my daughter actually um, is a member of the Muscogee Creek Nation, um, mm-hmm. and they they were the first people here, and they are indigenous black people. They're the mound builders, the first people here in the Americas, and uh, you know, I did the knowledge on them, and they 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 have been black since, since the beginning. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not telling anybody what to do. I don't have any judgment about what folks choose to do with their money or their time you know i'm blessed that i actually spent some time in senegal in 87 Mm -hmm. and i've never felt more at home i actually felt an energy jump up out of the land and into my body i felt instantly connected so i know when i say home you know it, it is more i felt more at home and i've been around the world i felt more comfortable in Senegal. Well, maybe that's your so. path.
2: Maybe that's your path to go to Senegal. And if if you decide to go into business for yourself, whatever, you have, you know, the connections back to the diaspora where black people should be spending money with whatever business you have set up in Senegal. Because it's a global digital community now that we can purchase stuff from each other. We can make those connections. Absolutely. And, you know, that's Absolutely. what RBG means to me. It doesn't necessarily just mean going back to Africa, although I support people's uh, decision, but don't just go over there and then, you know, don't stay in touch and then continue to build, have that transnational uh, build. Because, I mean, these white supremacists spread out all over the globe, so we got to be wherever they're at to counter you know, we just can't we need to stamp out white supremacy. Just just, you know, burn and bury. We- you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So any <laughs> final words uh you have for us? And again, tell the listeners where they could purchase uh the book. 144 poems and essays for God, love, truth, justice, peace and hip hop. Right.
9: I would say uh the best way is just to look on my Facebook page and there's a link on my Facebook page. My name is Malcolm Shabazz Hoover. Um, the product itself is on gumroad.com, uh, g-u-m-r-o-a-d.com. And if you search 144, it'll show up. Um, I can be reached at, uh, malcolmhoover at gmail.com or malcolm at deepculture.net. That's my website, deepculture.net. And I, if I have any words, just to love your people, you know, love yourself, find out who you are in this world as an individual, as a member of your family, your own historical connections and, and that's where your strength will come from. That's where my strength comes from. Um, I was named after Malcolm. My parents named me after Malcolm X and I take that very seriously. So, um, you know, that's really my message to the people is, you know, find out who you are. And then, you know, you owe what you know. Everybody has to give something. Nobody's in this world by themselves. You know, you didn't make it by yourself. And so you, you have to give back. We, everybody is needed, you know, and every, every single person, we even need Clarence Thomas with his crazy stuff. You know, if, if for nothing else, than to know how not to be.
2: Um, and thank, <laughs> I, I, I was really going to say that. Yeah. Brother. I, thank you. Thank, oh, I you, really you, you, thank you're, you're you most welcome. Most welcome. And we'll have you back, man. Uh, you know, if you put out something else that has to do with current events, if you continue your writing, uh, please hit up Sister Cece, get with her. And uh, we will, you know, even publish anything you send us to publish, in, in, you know, as long as it's in the thank news you. format. But uh, we could bring you back also to, you know, you do that spoken word art again. Next time I might put some music behind it and, and you know, we'll be vibing like that. So you have you have Can a you great. You, uh, OK, sir, you have a good day. I
9: really appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Peace. All right. So uh, that was uh, our guest there, the author, poet, spoken word poet. I'm sure Max could do something with that talent there. Uh, Let me see. That was um, Malcolm Shabazz Hoover, of course. Yeah. And I've linked to the book right there. So uh, also, like he said, you can check out his Facebook page. Look, I'm going to hit the phone lines after. um, Well, I may not be able to hit the phone lines, but um, let me check right quick because we do have Tando Radio Show. Coming up here at 6 o'clock p.m. So, again, talking about processes and mobilizing and people saying that things are distractions, like pulling down that flag. It took mobilization. It took political skill and will to force that. Unfortunately, the blood of nine people, you know, it, it, you know, took that's what it took. Finally, to pull down a hundred and fifty year old symbol of terrorism, an active symbol of terrorism. And so we know that the United States corporate flag represents far more oppression. But step at a time. Take a step at a time. Look, you ain't ready to take on them big boys. You take on the ones that you can. You hit them where they weak. That's where they weak at on the international stage. Y'all permitting Nazi flag, the original Nazis, the original Nazis. I mean, really, we go back to Jefferson's and all the experiments they've been carrying out over black people. Making advances in gynecology, you know, practicing on, on black women, crude instruments and, and all kind of stuff. That's what that, that, that openly represents. I think that dude, the father of so-called gynecology, the mad, you know, doctor, he has a statue somewhere in South Carolina. So. All of you white women who are benefiting from gynecology and those services, you owe that. That advances in medicine to the ancestors of, of many people here in the United States. Think you ought to pay reparations for that and at least remove this, you No, know, not in the least, but part of that, remove that racist statue, that symbol. Then we can talk about reparations. So nothing's ever a distraction. It's an opportunity at, you know. You gotta make some gain. I mean that's even that's not even talking about chess. That's like even checkers. You gotta remove pieces off the board and checkers. Not just chess, chess is, you know, little skill more skillful movements and plotting and planning and consideration, but checkers is just straightforward removing pieces off the board so look at that flag like that look at these monuments like that think of it on a basic level that's showing some resistance even in checkers you know removing these pieces off the board but um i want to play this uh collage eclipse let me go ahead and pull it up and if we have times i'll get your thoughts on it but i mean this whole process of pulling that down should be a teaching tool For those people who participate in area politics, and how were they able to accomplish this in the face of all this white supremacy in a South Carolina legislator? That's where they say the seats of powers are, you know. And locally, these people were elected from a, a little small county, perhaps like the one I live in, perhaps like the one. These, you know, so it is local. You can amount an insurgency in in politics, but you want to go the long way and try to go through the Democratic Party. um, That's up to you. We need an insurgency within the Democratic Party. No black person in the Democratic Party should be pushing for Hillary Clinton to get a nomination. That's a white supremacist. Anything black people in their party should show some self-respect and step up to the plate themselves. That's what I think, but after I've talked to some people working on some third-party campaigns, just trying to get it on the ballot in states, and what it's going to take behind the scenes to do that, I think that is what one million black conscious voters should be looking at doing. Since you know, it's uh, it's just two wings on the same bird when you're talking Republican and Democrat then that's when you look, how can I help a third party get off the ground in my state locally, whether that be the Green Party, Libertarian Party, whatever party that is spending resources to gain a foothold in the legislative uh, process that's talking about ending slavery or whatever, start a party. There are so many battles, so many fronts. That we need people skilled in those activities. We got to oppose white supremacy in at least nine areas. Some of those areas intersect. Again, that's the nine areas that Need Fuller has identified. Other people have identified these same areas prior to him. But they all agree that these are major areas of people activity that we need to be if we have black people and non-white people working in them and non-white supremacists working in them we need to be leveraging and making gains and and taking steps even if they're baby steps sometimes and then taking leaps and you know but removing these racist white supremacist statues man those are like removing pieces off a chessboard i think people are underestimating the political of battle that they took because they don't participate in politics like most black people don't. But I do think that perhaps if they're going to be a conscious one million conscious black voters and associated with that movement, then yeah, it's worth getting involved in. If you run and falling behind a party that's about to nominate, look, you got Hillary Clinton leading all polls, confirmed white supremacists. Got a hand in sold school to prison pipeline. Her husband, you know, they're tied together. What they did in Arkansas, you know, giving federal, uh, what's his name, Robert E. Lee, a holiday in Arkansas. Giving that terrorist flag. No, man, how could you vote for a woman like that? See, come on. Then you got Donald Trump on the other side. He done pissed off the Hispanics. showing his racist self. And of course, we know he racist towards black people. He'll use them as tools or whatever. But we everybody knows Donald Trump is is racist. So voting for any, I don't see, it in terms of the presidential election, you don't have a choice as a conscious black voter. You don't. You really don't have a choice in either of those parties. So it's about a year out now. I think you should be looking to see what kind of moves or people that you can connect with locally and redirect there. Now, the, you know, celebrating is over, the clapping and applause is over. We pull down the racist symbols, the flag. Now, let's start a political party that has a platform. And these are the things we're going to work on. It's ending slavery is number one on our platform. So, It's not a distraction. It's an opportunity to branch off into other things. So I want to play this clip. It's from the beginning to the end South Carolina flag debate and removal. I didn't add anything about. The federal government in the debates, but look, we should be taking names of these races that's, that's saying we should lead these flags and, and whatnot. They are identifying themselves. And especially if they are in federal office and stuff like that, man, you gotta have these people on your list so that you can know who to focus your energy on and your resources on and targeting the white supremacist when he confirms himself. When he comes out of the cloak of racist suspect and steps into the realm of white supremacists confirmed, you know, it's a good thing to know what these people are doing. So we have to track them And the federal government practices, racism and white supremacy, despite any, you know, tools or proxies that they use, despite those, they are not doing what they're supposed to do in terms of racism and white supremacy i don't know loretta lynn had some comments the other day she used some correct language i perhaps will share that write a blog post or something and i'll revisit that later but um yeah let's listen to the debate
10: you believe the confederate flag should keep flying in south carolina why
0: well, that is my position, and uh, the reason I have that position is because I think that it's extremely important that we remember this uh, very dark time in our history, uh, the mistakes that were made in the past. Uh, because you know, if if we begin to systematically throughout our country uh, begin removing uh, all the monuments, all the you know flags and so forth, uh, then you know we're going to put ourselves in a position where we begin to forget our past history, and it's not a history that any of us should really be proud of. Uh, certainly all lives matter, including the lives of those who fought and died for their homes and, and their families in the Confederacy. Um, but I think the real issue here is, the, uh, is that you're, you're not going to defeat racism through um, politics. You're going to defeat it through ultimately through love and for- forgiveness. And that's what the people of the Emmanuel Church, I think, understood. And, and their response has been truly remarkable, thanks to the grace of God.
10: Look, it's true that getting rid of a flag isn't going to get rid of racism. I think that's a very, very, there's no question that what you say there is true. But when you bring up uh, the flag as a reminder of history, uh, you're talking about it flying at a war memorial and how that's appropriate. Um, you know, look, the South lost the war, a war that the South fought to preserve slavery. Similarly, the Nazis lost, right? To be consistent, though, would you be okay with a Nazi flag flying at a World War II memorial?
3: Um. I'm
0: sorry, can you repeat the question?
10: I, I said, would you be okay with a Nazi flag flying at a World War II memorial?
0: You know, um, I, I'm not sure if that's quite the same thing. I, I think that uh, the um, certainly the Nazi flag was part of Germany's history and, and everything. But, you know, what we're talking about here is the Confederate flag, uh, specifically it's General Lee's battle flag. And so I certainly understand the comparison. Um, and, you know, I, I think, though, that there's a proper context for everything, including the swastika, including uh, Germany's flag, and, and including the Confederate flag. Um, and I think that, you know, those who want to take it down out here, I, I don't know if it's visible on the monument, um, but the uh, if you're going to take it down and put it in a museum, uh, if you're saying that the flag itself offends you, it's going to offend you in the museum context as well. This monument is essentially a mini-museum erected to uh, the memory of the lives of those who, who fought and died. And uh, so, you know, I, I think, the, once again, the real issue here is the, uh, is the, the thing that we should be focusing on mm-hmm. is the fact that the, the families and the community has really pulled together in Charleston, and I think that's a remarkable thing.
11: What, what I'm trying to
10: understand, though, is the Confederate flag, you know, was a symbol of uh, the side that went to war to preserve slavery, right, to preserve buying, selling, and owning black people. That's what the South fought for in the Civil War. Um, is that worth honoring? Based on what now? The, I'm saying
11: the flag Cer- is... Certainly. Is, yeah, go ahead.
0: certainly the uh, Certainly the flag... Uh, you know was used by the confederacy. It was used uh in the war uh to to help to maneuver troops and so forth and yes the the south uh so slavery was a component of the war between the states and it was um you know unfortunately uh we were on the wrong side of the slavery issue. I wish we did had you know hadn't had to fight a states rights battle over the issue of slavery i I wish that we'd been able to end that peacefully the way Great Britain did.
5: but believe that we do not have the heart in this body to do something meaningful such cannot believe that we do not have the heart in this body to do something meaningful such as take a symbol of hate Off these grounds on Friday. And if any of you vote to amend, you are ensuring that this flag will fly beyond Friday. And for the widow of Senator Pinckney and his two young daughters, that would be adding insult to injury. And I will not be a part of it. We need to follow the example of the Senate, remove this flag and do it today. Because this issue is not getting any better with age. Thank you.
11: I saw passions get high. I saw passions get low. But I saw commitment never ending. And so what we saw was another action. And that action is that the Confederate flag is coming off the grounds of the South Carolina State Act. So tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., we will see the Confederate flag come down. We are a state that believes in tradition. We're a state that believes in history. We're a state that believes in respect. So we will bring it down with dignity, and we will make sure that it is put in its rightful place. But this is a story about action. This is a story about the history of South Carolina and how the action of nine individuals laid out this long chain of events that forever showed the state of South Carolina what love and forgiveness looks like. So 22 days ago, I didn't know that I would ever be able to say this again. But today, I'm very proud to say that it is a great day in South Carolina. With that, I am proud to say that the bill has been signed. I do want to also acknowledge these nine pins are going to each of the nine families of the Emanuel Nine.
12: South Carolina is about to lower the flag and never raise it again outside the South Carolina Capitol building. We're expecting the ceremony to be fairly brief. Reports from those covering the story there describe the plan as a short and simple affair. We will look and listen in as the ceremony starts, but some of the background on this. This week, first in the state Senate, then in the state House, lawmakers voted to remove that symbol of the Civil War era South, led by those who also feel it as a symbol of hate. Then, as she promised, the South Carolina governor quickly signed it into law. Those who pushed hardest for the change wanted it to happen no later than the end of the week, and that is the way it is playing out. As for the effects of the decision and the debate that fueled it, they ripple out far beyond South Carolina and the rest of the South. Here in Indianapolis, leaders at the NCAA say they'll change a 15-year-long sanction against South Carolina. When the flag stops flying, the NCAA will again start allowing South Carolina's to start bidding to be a tournament site again. For years, South Carolina has not hosted, for example, March Madness, nor any major pre-scheduled college championships in any sport. Only exceptions have been tournaments in which teams host games based on their records. They schedule those on very short notice. And For instance, the University of South Carolina has qualified to host some of those, but no big-scale national tournaments. The question of whether and where the Confederate flag should or should not fly will also be part of the conversation here later this month. NASCAR has its roots in the Deep South, and some of its fans proudly display the flag, but track owners have asked them not to bring those flags to races. Indianapolis Motor Speedway is one of those tracks, and it hosts the Brickyard 400 in a little more than two weeks. If the issue becomes a source for formal or informal protest from either side of the debate, we'll cover that. As it happens, another live look in on South Carolina as the events are scheduled to start bringing together people from different sides of the political aisle. But in many cases, the same view on where the state stands with its Confederate past and the future for the flag. It is not disappearing. It is, in fact, symbolically going into a museum. At least one example of the Confederate flag will be part of what they, they call a relics museum uh, that has on display many items from South Carolina's past, including its Confederate uh, history. Um, there are many people there who are eager to see this not just as a symbol of the, uh, the Civil War, and again, what they feel is hate going away, but also a 50 year long protest, if you will, that South Carolina has essentially had by flying the Confederate flag. It first went up outside the state capitol as a form of protest of uh, the Civil Rights Movement that at the time was uh, very active and very unpopular among many in the uh, in the Deep South. So again, uh, many different people joined There today, 11 o'clock is the start time. We'll watch in and listen in uh, as the event starts. And again, who will speak? We don't know. We'll learn along with you. It would not at all be surprising to hear some of those who uh, argued most passionately for this change on the floor of the House or the State Senate to have an opportunity to speak there today. The state's governor has been uh, fairly frank in saying when this happens, uh, it will be uh, something she would sign into law immediately. Interesting there, I don't know if you caught there in the picture that we saw just a moment ago, somebody flying the American flag upside down. So make no mistake, this is still a very polarizing issue, just because state lawmakers there voted not in unison, but certainly in a strong majority to remove it, that does not mean that there are not many people who feel very differently than in fact, in fact it should still fly. Context of this, also important to remember, this comes after the church massacre in uh, Charleston not long ago, where uh, so many people died at a predominantly black church. Uh, victim of a gunman who authorities say uh, was a man who also displayed a uh, Confederate flag in pictures uh, taken just before the massacre. So crowd gathered there right now. Again, this is uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, capital of that state, uh, just outside the state house where a Confederate flag has flown for the better part of 50 years now and is after this morning, presumably no longer ever going to fly there again. If you are just joining us, we will get you back to regular programming when the ceremony um, has wrapped up. Uh, but, uh, where we are right now, again uh, covering uh, live the the change in the protocol at uh, Columbia, South Carolina for the uh, Confederate flag. American flag will still fly. State flag will fly as well, but no longer what's known as the rebel flag, uh, the war flag, battle flag for the uh, the Confederacy. We're told that the South Carolina Highway Patrol has arrived on the ground. I don't know if that's for a ceremonial uh, purpose or if that is uh, for security, maybe a little bit of both. There is the governor arising to uh, handshakes uh, from those assembled. And you heard some cheers in the crowd as well, made the decision to sign the bill into law immediately so that this could happen uh, here on uh, on Friday. And, again, it became a matter of some urgency uh, by those who wanted this change made. They did not want it delayed. They did not want it to linger or last long through the month of July. They wanted it done before the end of this week. And uh, with her signature, that was made possible. So that, again, the governor of South Carolina, who made the decision, unpopular in some quarters, to sign this quickly and, uh, and get this change done. Again, this ceremony may be 10, 15 minutes in length if we're, if we're, if you will, reading the tea leaves correctly from the reports down there. Uh, they don't expect long speeches from many people, uh, although they haven't yet released a full accounting of uh, who will speak there today. In fact, some of those uh, decisions may still be right up to the very last minute uh, ones. As, uh, as we learn more about each of the individual speakers, we'll let you know what we do know, and uh, you'll hear from them. Some of the things that they wanted to say about this change. Of course, it uh, won't well, again change what flies in terms of the American flag, or the state flag uh, out there, but the, the rebel flag, the, the battle flag for the U.S. The, uh, the Confederacy, I should say, uh, will no longer be part of the, uh, the official display outside the state capitol in South Carolina. Maybe worth mentioning that the NCAA did actually come forward to confirm yesterday what we've just reported a couple of minutes ago that uh, once this change happens, commerce will free up there in uh, South Carolina. For years, they have lost out on any opportunity to make much money, if you will, and greet many visitors from uh, out of state because of the many tournaments that the NCAA holds. It has not allowed South Carolina to uh, bid on those games, host those games, and reap the rewards of it. There so you see some of the, uh, the pictures and signs that people have brought victory. It is coming down, and that's one that we can read there about the, uh, about the Confederate flag. Again, we've seen other pictures showing people flying American flags upside down, which would appear to be a protest of the decision. Uh, there you see some of the dignitaries who have uh, have come. There you see a little closer look at that sign I mentioned uh, just a moment ago. Um, politicians uh, were not uh, divided by the aisle in this case. Uh, both the Senate and the House uh, came up with majorities, and the majority of both parties uh, both voted for it. There you see the hashtag, take down the flag. Social media played a very big role in where we've gotten to at this point, uh, as the debate played out over Twitter and played out over Facebook and all the other forms of social media. Uh, there you see, uh, again, part of the ceremony set to start. We'll listen in here for a second. I don't know if the speeches will start immediately. I'll jump back in to get a little more context uh, if and when that becomes appropriate. But let's go ahead and listen uh, to the reaction to this as the ceremony starts in Columbia, South Carolina.
1: Thank <laughs> you,
2: So on that chant, I will cut that short early. Uh, see, we got a lot of work to do in deprogramming our folks, cause the USA owns Unicor, and y'all should know that Unicor practices slavery. That's all it. That's all it does. Anything in, as it relates to what I'm talking about, as it pertains to 21st century slavery and human trafficking, I'm taking my word back, or well, my phrase back from Alan West. How dare you apply it to something totally unrelated to money for rich, white, wealthy men. No, no, no. But whenever I talk about something related to 21st century slavery and human trafficking, it's been documented. It's been documented by many, many people doing work independent of each other. Then we come across each other through New Abolitionist Radio. George Mallinckrodt published a book about the abuses heaped upon the heads of the enslaved people in the state of Florida as a as a um i think what a mental health technician official something like that. Then we talk to other people and we do our own research and and we find the factual basis for these things and so let's study the process. It's not a distraction; that took a tremendous legislative effort. It took public pressure along with political maneuvering to get the desired outcome. So if your desire if you're looking for an outcome similar that stamps out an element of racism white supremacy, how do you go let's apply that to slavery? How do we apply that to slavery? See a lot of us is talking about reforming it and not abolishing slavery. Let's start abolish slavery, so you know, let's look at South Carolina's model how do we apply it to South Carolina and all these other states and territories and commonwealths, basic colonies of the United States of America, Inc., Incorporated? How do we apply it, you know, this legislative process? We got to raise the awareness. So we, you know, Max, again, was at Grand ground zero. Max Partis, new abolitionists spreading the message of abolitionists, just as if Frederick Douglass would have been out there like, you know, them white folks inviting him to come give a speech on the 4th of July. And he said, what is the 4th of July to the slave? Max was out there telling them this flag is wrong, but so is slavery and slavery was never abolished. So the South never really lost the war. There was a compromise between the North and the South. And they came together and their outcome was slavery. The modern 21st century slavery and human trafficking that we're calling something else. So that's what we hope that we uh, people will be focused on now. Continue to wipe out and stamp out white supremacist sim- symbols and monuments. You know, I guess you know you don't want to act like too much like a white supremacist and be a vicious barbarian and and take old Nathan Bedford Forrest's bones and put them in some undisclosed landfill somewhere where there'll be no shrines to a racist white supremacist original Nazi. So, yeah, see, we have some dignity, even give it to people who don't even deserve it. But you know, some people say that's too harsh. Remember, uh, Tando Radio Show is coming up here at 6 o'clock p.m. You're tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. Checking the phone lines. Again, that's star six and one. If you have a comment on air, we have, what, maybe roughly five minutes. If not, we can continue with the message music, and we will see you again. At least I will. I will talk to you again probably tonight on Race Treaty. (laughs) Uh, but also a uh, political prisoner radio on Sunday night at nine o'clock p.m., which follows time for awakening radio. Again, if you haven't donated to the 2015 Black Talk Media Project fundraiser, the goal was sixty thousand. Actually, would like to try to raise a hundred thousand to convert. An old trailer, over 20 years old, but it had foundations intact. Roof is good. Turn it into a communication education uh, uh, center. As well as build a couple of studios to continue doing what we do through the Black Talk Radio Network and other media properties. That's only going to happen if you support it like, you know, people support NPR, National Public Radio, like they support Any of those other foundations or anything that they send their money to. If you support uncensored, unfiltered, independent black media, especially in the realm of digital radio, then you have to support it. And it's not just a matter of us being able to broadcast, but the ability to be able to teach others. So we are an education nonprofit here in North Carolina. And we can uh, put together a course. People here locally can can attend like a five day course and and get issued a diploma afterwards. And they'll be able to go back to wherever. And build many black talk radio networks, call it whatever they want to. But the thing is, is getting real talk out there on these digital airways, because that's where the technology is going. That's how we keep our people from being distracted okay they the the white supremacist propagandists want to put this story out there and it seems to be taking a lot of traction among the masses that's what people so how do you latch on to that traffic and then you redirect those people and put their focus on something else we'll call it like a gateway you know they call things gateway drugs that's gateway propaganda We'll use it as a gateway to introduce them to another perspective instead of the white, what we know is the white supremacist perspective. Of course, we, um, for those that don't want to do the PayPal, we do have a physical mailing address. Again, money orders, checks can be made out to the Black Talk Media Project sent to P.O. Box 65, Mount Holly, North Carolina, 28120. The education center will be built outside of Mount Holly. But that's the mailing address for you there. So Tando Radio Show will be talking about credit default swaps today. If you've been paying attention to the people uh, activity area labeled as economics, number one, Tando Radio Show will be talking about the Greece banking crisis and how it could trigger credit default swaps. CDS, that financial industry is what has all these people being gentrified out of predominantly black areas and they're taking their homes and they're standing empty or they're gutting them of, you know, the precious metals and then demolishing them, then coming back and building condos and, you know, rich white people move in them, so. Got to learn how to protect yourself and uh, educate yourself in all people activity areas. There's a lot to be to focus on. So therefore, it's going to take a whole lot of people. So don't say something is a distraction because that's not your people activity area that you're focusing on. But see if that intersects with something that you're working on, though. How you could channel that energy, channel that flow to what you're working on and attract supporters like we hope many of you yesterday that tuned in yesterday will become you know, Ragers Against the Ratchet radio. Check out Rage Against the Ratchet Facebook website. Clear the Airways Project. So it's all about re- redirecting that flow. Redirecting the flow. It's not a distraction. It's an opportunity to teach. So stay tuned for Tando radio show and we're going to close it out because I got to close it out because I think this is just so funny and it's the correct thing to do. But Nathan Bedford Forrest, clan clan founder, enslaved African trader, military uh, war crimes criminal who then went to join Congress and we still got a lot of them in Congress as this issue has or pulling down them symbols has made them expose themselves so write their names down write their names down so we can gather intelligence to wage counter activities against them so I gotta close it out this is Nathan Bedwell for his bones being and his wife bones being evicted from the Memphis City Park recognize the fact that you live behind enemy lines it's a battlefield out there Develop battlefield awareness. That way you won't become a casualty is our hope, but at least you will decrease the likelihood that you will become a casualty. Always check out killbypolice.net cause they kill more people than anybody. So keep a, keep an eye on those people as well. This is Scotty Reed. I'm out. Peace and blessings to all.
12: Nearly 24 hours after Memphis City Council voted to remove the statue of a Confederate general, the future of the statue is uncertain. WMC Action News
4: 5's Ben Watson has learned several groups are now interested in calling the monument their own. Well, the question of just what to do with this statue may be answered soon. We've learned that several groups are interested in making a new home for the statue honoring Nathan Bedford Forrest. The bronze itself is worth a lot of money, and, and uh, I would uh, I would certainly be hesitant giving away. mr Cao Jack Salmon says several groups have approached the city about the statue. Some have wanted the city to give it to them. Others want to buy it. Uh, I've been told that to replicate that statue would be north of five million dollars. Salmon says the statue is over 100 years old and was made by a great artist. By phone today, Lee Miller of the Sons of Confederate Veterans says his group is interested in it. And in an email sent to the city, Kent Collier of the Savannah City Commission says Savannah, Tennessee, would be happy to assume any costs associated with relocating it to their city near the Shiloh battlefield. However, Salmon says before anyone can buy the statue, force family would have to sign off on it and moving the statute must also involve the courts
12: there there's there's a process there's state law that we've got to um, to adhere by and and you know we're going we're to we're going to absolutely follow all the uh, the appropriate uh, ordinances statutes etc from the state
4: stay with WMC action News 5 for the latest on this developing story Ben Watson WMC action news 5.